Today, Dr. Patrick will be speaking on spiritual economics, the power of giving and receiving. On behalf of our spiritual community, we extend a warm welcome to our first-time visitors and to all of the participants in this morning's celebration. Now please join us for 30 seconds as we ground ourselves in silence. very room there's quite enough love for all the world and in this very room there's quite enough joy for all the world and there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear For spirit, one spirit Is in this very room In this very room Every room. So I invite you to allow my words to be your words in this moment. And if not, let them wash over you. But what I recognize and affirm in this moment with you in the I am is there's one life, one power, one infinite divine presence and intelligence. It is the male and the female energy. It is a principle, not a personality. That life, that perfect life is spirit's life. It is the goddess life. It is the God life. Whatever connects you in a rich and more intimate way to that presence is what has value. And so we honor that. We honor all traditions. We know that right here and right now something powerful and wonderful is having its way by means of us. There are ideas filtering up through our awarenesses in this moment that will transform our lives. For myself and for you, there are, there are ideas and, and ideas, possibilities that are bubbling up that will transform the world. And I'm so grateful to be tapped into that divine abundance, that divine intelligence that is seeking expression. It is finding someone to give birth to that upon this planet. You and I are those people. And so today's discussion, today's lifting us up into this vibration of the Most High is one of the portals stepping through that doorway of possibility, opportunity, looking around and seeing the conditions upon the world and realizing wherever lack or limitation, wherever struggle is being expressed, we know that that is simply an opportunity for a new idea and a new expression in our lives personally as well as globally. I give thanks. I give thanks to know that we represent a tribe of humanity, of thinking and, and living and being, that where we know and give birth to this world of peace and abundance and love and joy and creativity and beauty as strongly held as others' beliefs in war and comparison and competition. And so I just give thanks in this moment to know that 
this divine presence, this Christ consciousness, this Buddha nature, this goddess and God energy, whatever we call it, responds to us in like measure. For this I give thanks as I embody more of the qualities of the infinite this day as a result of our sharing and being together today. I give thanks and invite you to say with me, and so it is. Sometimes I close my eyes and start praying. I never know if I'm going to have my back to you by the time I get done moving around. But anyway, I just want to, I'm always happy when I'm still facing you and the prayer's over. And it's like, where am I? Oh, yeah. Here I am. So uh, today, this weekend has been a, a, our teen lock-in, which I think, uh, you know, weather-wise, perfect. Why not, you know? Because we ain't going to the beach. And anyway, so I'm going to invite our, our teens to come up and, uh, and share a bit of their experience this weekend and uh, what that looked like. So would you come forward and share with us? Here's our teens. Some of our teens. Don't you have that memorized by now? She already did this once. Anyway. Hello, my name is Ianna Ference. This weekend was the teen group walk-in. The theme of this walk-in was Mission Possible, where various activities were held in order for us to discover who we really are and what we can accomplish. Hi, I'm Pierre. Uh, this is my second lock-in. This weekend, we did stuff that had to do with the soul signature and how we are all different. If you look around the center, there, on each of the posts, there's a soul signature of a different teen. Also, in the front, there are symbols that we created uh, that symbolize our soul signature. And you can see how vastly different they are as we are all different. Mm. Um, I'm Elizabeth, and um, this was my first lock-in, and it was really fun. I enjoyed it a lot, and the workshops that we did were really inspiring, and they were really fun, and I love everyone here, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. Hi, my name is Lisa. This is my seventh and last lock-in. So to think seven years ago, I came through those doors, shorter, but not that much shorter. <laughs> and throughout these seven years, I've grown and changed along with the teen group. And just, I wouldn't be the person that I am today without this teaching and this teen group and all these lock-ins and the wonderfulness. So thank you. Hi, my name is Jeremy, and this is my first lock-in here. And uh, I was the stranger because I didn't know anyone. So uh, over the weekend, I really got to know these people, and I feel really accepted and comfortable around them. And just the whole lock-in was really fun. My name is Taylor Ray, and this has been my third lock-in. And lock-ins, winter camps, summer camps, they're all such an amazing experience that us teens get to go through. And it's really great to be able to share this with like family, basically. And I know everything we learn, all the teachings that we get, and all the knowledge that we get, it's really great. And we get to experience it for ourselves, but also for others, because we get to share that with others as like with everyone that we come in contact with. Like I know for me, I work with the spirit tweens and I work with the kids downstairs and I get to take what we learn here and give that to them and that's really powerful. Awesome. Thank you teens, thank you for sharing. 
Awesome. I want to thank our, our facilitators. Um, and I, I, and uh, would all the facilitators please stand so we can love you up a little bit. Thank you all for your help this weekend. All right. So we have been using Eric Butterworth's book, Spiritual Economics, over the last few weeks uh, for the month of November. And uh, it's, it's such a classic and it's such a powerful um, collection of ideas uh, at, at a very deep level. So I wanted to, uh, so how are you feeling today? Okay, I couldn't make out any of those, so great. So much for that. I wanted to ask you, if you what happened? Huh? I know I'm going to have to stop asking. Uh, one, of the, um, one of the things I want to ask you to begin with is, what do you think your odds are of being born, statistically? Because we're able to measure all this stuff. Scientists have been able to narrow down our, your odds of being time and place, DNA. Now, if you're here for the first uh, service, you can't answer, because I know you know. But what do you think the odds are? Anybody have a guess? One in a million. Anybody else? Uh, one in a billion? Did you say? One in a trillion. Okay. All right. The odds of you being born are one in 400 trillion. Big number. Lots of zeros. 11 zeros. One in 400 billion are the odds that you would, your, your DNA, that your mom and dad, all the generations, all these, all these things need to line up for your birth. This time, this place. It's amazing. So however you were, however you responded, you are extraordinary. You are unique and extraordinary. No denying it. Scientifically, one in 400 trillion. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the principles, the spiritual principles I think are valuable in terms of our journey. And we, we are immersed in this, this uh, time-space continuum. Our souls, our souls are a, um, a, an aspect of the infinite that we interact with. We dip in and out. We have experiences. So our soul is the journey. The, the, the teens were on a, um, their lock-in this weekend. Their, their whole focus was on their soul's mission. And I think it is such a perfect uh, example of what all of us sense and many times are involved with. But what limits that experience? So one of the tools, the next slide says that debt is doubt. Debt is an amazing, an amazing spiritual practice and opportunity to look at our lives. Debt is a manifestation of doubt. So when we have debt in our lives, it simply means that we've doubted our capacity that, to stand in co-creation with spirit and live a more uh, powerful and, and, and impactful life. Debt shows up in our experience because we doubt our capacity, we, d- we doubt our, our deservingness, we d- doubt our connection with spirit, we feel isolated, we feel alone. And so debt can be a really, really powerful tool in our toolbox. Demonst- debt demonstrates I'm not enough. So what happens when we go into debt many times, anybody here ever been in debt? Okay, a couple of you, awesome, awesome. See, you got, you, let's, put some, let's shed some light on this. I, actually, I told the, the gang at the first talk, it was probably my best talk ever, and then, uh, but I think, don't tell them this is probably going to be my best talk ever because I got to practice it once, okay? 
But debt demonstrates this idea. And so when we go into debt, and I'm not good enough, what happens is, for many people, is we begin to start to resent the people that, that um, gave us money or, or, or allowed us to have the credit. It's a very interesting thing, and it's paradoxical because spiritual practice is all about paradox. Jesus, I want to have more in my life, and we're talking about this giving and receiving today. And in order to have more in your life, you got to give more. But wait a minute, I don't have enough to give now. But when, once I have this amount, then I'll start giving. Or once I get to here, once I feel better about that, on and on and on and on and on. But paradoxically, to have the courage and the faith to step into a new practice is what we're going to focus on today. So I want to shine some light on debt because debt is such a powerful initiator. And so we can start to resent those people that loaned us money. It can be family, it can be institutions, it can be credit cards. Oh, and every time we pay the bill. One of the, the paradoxes of this is to start flooding love into that relationship. Doesn't change the relationship, may not affect them at all, but it changes us. All of a sudden realize, wow, I'm valuable enough that people trust me enough to loan me this money. And not only that, but debt can enhance our faith, which is our knowing. Our faith to realize that, geez, I've created this debt, and now I'm going to have a plan to repay the debt, and eventually I'm going to celebrate repaying it. It is a powerful practice. It is a, po- a powerful way to build trust within ourselves. And I'm not recommending that you look for debt, but I'm going to tell you this, that if we don't heal the capacity, to, our agreements with struggle and lack and limitation, we can, we can pay things off, but if we don't shift the consciousness that created the debt in the first place, we're just going to recreate it. So what I'm saying is there's great programs. You can go online right now and you can find a, play, a, a, a website that's free that will give you all the tools how to get out of debt. The, the nuts and bolts of that. You can go online bet you, and find 10 books. Probably some of them are a free download that will talk about living a debt-free life. All that stuff is great, but without, without shifting the consciousness that created the debt, we're just going to recreate it again. This is the way consciousness works. And so it's being able to look at it deeply, look at it until it no longer has power over us and shifting the conditions in our life to create the debt. So that giving, as Eric Butterworth would say, is basically an attitude with which you touch things. In other words, we either are takers or givers. We either are, are realize, oh my gosh, I want to support that and I want to share my good here and I want to be of value in this situation and I have a gift that I think could be of value here. It is inherent in us. And yet so many people live a life where, where there's limitation and lack and struggle and, and we look and, and, and how much can we gather, how much can we gather, how much can we gather? And without the capacity to give and to stand in the faith and understanding that everything that we require in the moment, I'm not just talking financially, I'm talking ideas. But when we're locked in this, this burden of debt and we're locked in this limitation of possibility, nothing new can get in. That's the value of spiritual practice is to open ourselves up to realize my life is God's life and there's an infinite divine intelligence that intuitively I've had experiences with. I had an experience the other day we were going down to a West End to do something and all of a sudden I started thinking about Jack Nicholson. And I, I met Jack in Hollywood. I was building a, a redwood deck for Mary Steenburgen years ago when I was a, a, I was a, a tremendously successful actor. Just wasn't making a lot of money at it. And he came up one day and he looked at, he said, that's a mighty handsome deck you're building there, Pat. And I said, thank you. We're like that now. <clears throat> but the point was, I'm thinking about this. I'm going, why am I thinking about Jack Nicholson? I'm driving down Grote Road. I'm like, Jack Nicholson, Jack. We walk into the store and this woman starts talking about Jack Nicholson. I mean, I got the God bumps. I was like, I didn't say anything. As to explain it, it would have taken 45 minutes longer than was necessary. But I just thought, look at that. 
You know, all this. So what I'm saying is there's one mind connected to all of us. And when we're paying attention and listening, we have a greater capacity and opportunity to, to perceive that. It's called intuition. It's that divine connection. It's the oneness. It's that communication at the level of the soul. The purpose of life is not acquisition, but unfoldment, enfoldment, and personal development. And we all have a soul, as I mentioned. We are all energetically connected, as I just illustrated with that little story. Where all of us are connected. Holmes talked about that. All the great avatars and, and teachers down through the ages talked about oneness. What happens as well, what is one of the eternal truths, is difficult times grow us. Our souls know that we're here for the contrast. We're here for the experience. And when we, we stand grounded in our soul, then whatever shows up for us, we realize, wow, this is quite a mess I've gotten myself into. But something within me can help move me forward. But I'm, if I'm shut down and cut off from that, that conversation because I'm, I'm, I'm handling it all myself, it's very difficult to get out of that. It takes it from, from manipulation to manifestation to realize, okay, I created this and I know the next right idea, the next step is all we need. So difficult times grow, grow us and waking up is becoming really alive. And it requires living. Here's one of the great secrets that we all know, but I'll repeat it. It requires living in the question. We're never going to have all the answers. But what we do not need to know in the moment is always available. All we need is the next step. And then the next step after that. And we're choosing all along the way. So our participation is choosing and choosing and choosing. And so one of the ways to move ourselves out of debt is once again to bring love to the relationship. And then having strategies that allow us to live in freedom because what happens with debt is we don't feel like we're free. And our divine nature is to, be, is to, to live in freedom. And Dr. Holmes writes about it in, the, in the, our textbook. There's takers and givers. And the givers, on the other hand, are convinced that life is a giving process. They just know. They're of service. They're generous with their time and talent and treasure. But there are a lot of people, and if you look out in the world and you read the newspaper, it looks like the, it looks like the activity that's going to bring us the most satisfaction is, is getting. In the poll that I looked at over the weekend, 30% of the population of the United States are dissatisfied with their life. 30%. You know, that's larger than the population of Canada. That's a lot of people. So could it be that maybe the goal or what, what looks like is going to bring peace and joy and happiness may not be exactly what we should be looking for? But it's fascinating to watch. And so to have this beautiful teaching, this, this, you know, this insight of, of awareness and the paradoxes of it, the giver's subtle motivation is always to give themselves away in love, in service, and in all the many helpful ways they can invest themselves. It's giving ourselves away, giving ourselves away. Right up there. There they are. There's Habitat for Humanity people. But there's something about it. Yesterday, um, you know, we, did anybody have a lot of snow at their house like I did? <laughs> a lot of snow. And so I got my hands on a snowblower yesterday and I cleaned the street because I park on the street. And I thought, you know, I can't even climb into my vehicle right now because it's up to the middle of the door. It drifted beautifully. It was, it was, a, it was incredible. It was a sight to behold as well as to shovel. <laughs> but my neighbor, uh, who's an elderly lady, her car was buried basically. And I went over and I said, Lynn, I'm going to help you find your car. Because <laughs> I kind of had an idea where it was. And I shoveled it out, and she was so happy. And, I, and it was so much fun for me to be able to do it. And I thought, wow, 
this is so cool. And she came over later with a bottle of champagne and a bottle of wine. I said, thank you so much. And I said, well, I, I, that's not necessary. I just, it was my joy to do it. Uh, but I have been sipping on the champagne all morning to get ready for the talk. <laughs> but anyway, it was very sweet. It was very sweet. But it was, it was such a joy to do that. And I thought, you know, this is what I'm talking about tomorrow. It's about being of service, seeing a need and saying, I can do that. So it's, it's the motivation in all ways to give in love and service and in all the ways helpful that, can, that we can invest ourselves. We are hardwired for this. So what happens is, with spiritual practice, what I know about all this stuff, like we're, we're having this talk about giving and receiving at, at a highest level possible. We're doing Prosperity Plus. One of the commitments you make when you go into Prosperity Plus is you're going to tithe, which is 10% of your income, to your spiritual community for 10 weeks. And it's serious serious spiritual practice. Why would anybody want to do that? 10%, oh my gosh. I don't have enough to live on now. Why would I want to do this? What happens for us with all of this, with our spiritual practice, with our moving forward, is we begin to feel stuck. And stuck just like debt is a powerful message. Stuck is a really good thing. See, you may feel like, oh, I'm just so stuck, I can't get going. Stuck is an indication that your soul is starving. That what our soul loves is adventure and newness and possibility and giving, creativity, sharing, time, talent, and treasure. This is the nature of our soul because our soul is that individualized aspect of the infinite, which always gives. Look at all the beautiful snow that came. I was just amazed how much snow fell on my street. It was incredible. It was a record, wasn't it? That's the givingness of nature. Got to practice my shoveling and all kinds of fun stuff. But you know what, it allowed me to stand up in my neighborhood in a way that it just allowed me to serve and give. And I was like, oh, so sweet. You know, now I have this wonderful relationship with my neighbor. And I like that. I like being a stand-up guy in my neighborhood. Oh, it snowed, where'd he go? He's hiding in the back under a blanket. So feeling stuck is a powerful indicator. One of our, to indicate that one of our basic needs is lacking. So the problem with this is the F-bomb. Let me put that up there for you. Do you all know the F-bomb? Do you? Okay. So we'll go to the next slide. I'll settle some of this mystery. The F-bomb is fine. You thought, what did you think it was? It's fine. How you doing? I'm fine. How's your work? Fine. How's your life? Fine. You are one in 400 trillion. And you have the audacity to declare yourself fine? You are extraordinary. You are amazing. You are, you are unique. You are one out of 400 trillion. Never been before, never will be again. But what we do is we dummy our lives down with fine. Oh, it's fine. And then we start telling ourselves inside we're fine. I'm fine. I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. I'm fine. Getting what we want is easy. Getting what we want is easy. But it ain't simple. It's not simple. You can go online, as I said, and and download 10 books to become an expert in any area you'd like. You don't have to take class. You go online. Download the books. You can probably find a free workshop. There's stuff all over the internet. But we've convinced ourselves we're fine. Fine. And fine, the problem with fine is we have an inner snooze button. You know in the morning when you get up and you push the button and the, the alarm goes off and you push the button? And you go, oh, yeah, well, I'll get up later. It's minus 28 out there. I mean, God bless you for getting out of bed and coming to church. Good for you. 
Because you had to throw the covers off, say, no, I'm going. I'm going. And what happens for us is we have ideas. We have things that come along every moment of every day. There's ideas that are flooding into our awareness. This is abundance. This is part of the co-creation with spirit. But I'm going to withhold my money because everything else, God is, God is my life and everything else, but not my finances. I'm going to withhold everywhere, and I'm going to, I'm going to live in this constipation, but I'm not, everywhere else I'm going to be of service. But the, the point is, is that these practices stretch us and they force us to be more than we are. So this inner snooze button, we can hit it all the time because we have two, we have two aspects of our brains that, that, that operate primarily. One is autopilot. Oh, I always do it this way. I have the same breakfast. I go the same direction. I always take the same route. I always wear the same clothes. I always have the same conversation. On and on and on. We love that. Our brains love the autopilot. And then all of a sudden, we come to church. We get all expired, and we go, oh, my gosh. You know what? i got to start giving more to, to access this thing. It's paradoxical, but I'm, you know, I'm so on fire with this possibility. Where can I share my gifts with love and with service and with making a difference in the world? And we get all fired up. And then the other part of our brain puts the emergency brake on. So it's autopilot, emergency brake. Autopilot, emergency brake. Autopilot, emergency brake. What happens from the research that, I, that I, I came upon with this idea is that when we get up in the morning, we have three seconds to get out of bed to start doing what we committed to doing. That's where it happens. Three seconds. We don't throw the covers off for three seconds. The emergency brake goes on and we go back to sleep. We've got three seconds. Whew. I can't wait to see what happens to me tomorrow morning. Three seconds. And then we have five seconds to take action. So you hear a great idea. If you don't write it down, if you don't text it to yourself within five seconds, the emergency brake comes on. It's how fast our minds work. Oh, great idea. Yeah, get to that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's gone because the emergency brake comes on. And, and what happens? We go back to, my life's fine. I could be healthier, but I'm fine. I, you know, what? we can do whatever we want to do. What? Getting what we want is easy. It's just not simple because it, it requires us to break through the autopilot and it requires us to stop putting the, the emergency brake on. I mean, these, this is hard science. This isn't something I'm making up. Ideas come all day long. Ideas show up that could change our lives, change the world. At 18 years old, what happens to us for most of us? All of a sudden, we go from being parented to having to parent ourselves. I didn't do good at that. I had, a real, I had a struggle with that. I remember moving out and getting my own place for six months. I was upset that I had to, to provide my own uh, necessities. Toilet paper? Huh? My mom always bought the toilet paper. What's up with So I'd go home and I'd steal toilet paper. From, oh, I borrow toilet paper. <laughs> I'm going to get back to you. And finally she said, no, no, no. The store's closed. You've got to go buy your own. I've got to go buy my own. Oh. <sighs> It is a necessity, by the way. I found that out. <laughs> but, but we go through these things. So, so uh, we're talking about attitudes towards life and the basic awareness that life is a matter of developing or unfolding from within, as Butterworth would say. See, it's all geared to this, to our expansion. We have to face ourselves. Our emotions keep us stuck. Because you're never going to feel like it. You are never, when you start a new practice, feel like it. You say, I'm going to meditate every morning. I'm going to do a half hour every morning. Or I'm going to do my prayer work every You're never going to feel like it. So you just get over waiting to feel like it. Our emotions are a beautiful thing. But we get stuck in our emotions. 
oh, I'm not, I'm not going to st- step into life in a new and wonderful way. Cause I'll wait till I feel like it. I want to tell divine inspiration. You know, God, the clouds will open up one day and God will shine a light onto my forehead. And my third eye will be expanded and I will know everything. And I'll be master of time, space, and dimension. And then I will be of service upon the planet. Whew. Doesn't work that way. All of you have had that experience, stand up right now. We can talk to you afterwards and I'll sit down and you can continue talking. It doesn't work that way. It never will. The law is exact. Ernest Holmes talked about the law. The law is always saying yes to whatever we give it. If you give, really work in a a giving consciousness, you must receive. You must receive. But I'm going to wait till I have a little more to give when it's a little more comfortable. It requires sacrifice and it requires effort. If you at this point still ask the question, what's in it for me, then you're being grossly underpaid, even if your salary is in six figures. If all you get out of your work is a paycheck, you are shortchanging yourself. It's what we bring to life. It's what we bring to the, the possibility. What are we giving birth to? We're a crazy group of spiritual people. I mean, crazy, I mean outside the box, that we think in a way that's not common. That, 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 that if my life is God's life, then how can I give back to that? How can I live more richly in that relationship, powerfully and beautifully? So when we talk about giving and receiving, you know, this is our pledge month. We've got these cards in the, the program for you, our intentional giving program. It's people that are committed to, on a day like today when it's hard to get here, your support is still here. And it's a beautiful thing. It's an opportunity. It's such a, a powerful spiritual practice. But if you're in the consciousness that you're being manipulated or you're being coerced or forced into it, don't do it. That's, there's just an energy around that that is self-defeating. And it's, it, we grow into it gradually. We grow into this process of being more and more of service in the world, gradually and sequentially and inevitably. I had a couple approach me a couple weeks ago back here, and I did a little bit of talk about tithing, and they came up, so we'd like to try that. And I said, great, how do I do it? And I said, well, I got them an envelope. I said, put your name and address on there because we'll send you a tax receipt at the end of the year. And he said, we're going to stretch into this. I said, fantastic. He said, we're going to do 1%. I said, good for you. But whatever it is that stretches us, and, and stretching means it's not comfortable in every way. Where can I be more of a, an ambassador of this infinite divine presence on this planet? Because the other way is to look out in the world and see all the lack and limitation, to see all the struggle. As I mentioned in my treatment, what's so power, powerful and popular on the planet is this idea of war and conflict. Very popular idea. So as, as, as we are, make ourselves available to the infinite ideas to express and to create and to bring newness to give form to this world, it's, it's incredible. These teens had this opportunity to identify with their souls. Our souls long for that. And when we feel stuck, it's an indication our soul is stuck. The time must come when we let go of the rigid obligations of tithing or giving so that we can spontaneously give in love and freedom and have the satisfaction that our giving equals or even exceeds the tithe. So this capacity to grow and to expand and to share our lives, if we truly believe God's life is my life, but to stay in that lack and limitation. If people get into the tithe your way to riches and success consciousness, they are building their house on sand. It's not a tool of manipulation. It's not something to say, I'm going to do this and it's going to expand. I'm doing this because I want more. does not work ever. We do it because it's our divine nature. It aligns us with the flow of life, with this spontaneous source of all good. 
Whatever capacity, and it, 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 a tithe means 10%, but like this young couple, we're going to do 1%. We want to stretch into this. It's like, that's huge. I remember starting and stopping, starting and stopping, starting and stopping when I started to give in a systematic way. It's a practice. I watched a beautiful video by a woman by the name of Ingrid Vandevelt, and she said the number one thing about her practices is she would step into them. They all took nine months, which is the time it takes to give birth to a baby. Nine months. And then she said, then what I also learned is to get comfortable being uncomfortable because we're never going to feel like it. The great need is to give away to the divine flow and tithing can be an excellent means of achieving that consciousness. I want to bring up um, Sharon uh, Sharon Petkow to share with you. She stepped into our our Prosperity Plus a few years ago and and amazing things opened up for her as a result of her commitment to that. So Sharon, would you share a little bit about your experience with... What happened for you as you started to apply this principle in your life? Sure. Um, initially, I, I wasn't looking forward to taking the class. Um, it was the only one that fit into my schedule. But so. we knew that about her, too. So we just, <laughs> so, we know all your schedules. Um, and um, so I, I agreed that I would tithe for the, for the 10 weeks of the class. And um, what happened was amazing. Um, my attitude changed completely from looking at lack to looking at abundance. And... Uh, Within two weeks of taking the class, an opportunity came up for me to double my income um, for a few months. So that just convinced me. Um, within six months, I had moved from a full-time job into two part-time jobs, which were actually a lot more fun, and I was making more money. Um, and then a year and a half ago, I retired, and life is just, it's not just the money, it's every area of my life um, is more abundant. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Sharon Pechdel, thank you, Sharon, for staying to, for both services today. You know, it's, 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 it's a paradox. It doesn't seem like it makes sense, and I get that. You know, I'm up here. I've been in this practice for so long, and the, and the joys and the, the surprises and the wonder that show up. But when we're, when we're limiting ourselves, when we're, we're micromanaging it, it's stretching. It's stretching. It's such a powerful, powerful tool. Within our practices, the stretching of the mindfulness and the meditation and the prayer work to have those, those disciplines. So when you get up in the morning, the next slide is your life is God's gift to you and what you do is your gift to God. Give back to live in this rich and wonderful relationship. So our practices, you got three seconds in the morning when you wake up. If you set an intention, you got three seconds to throw off the sheets and stand up. It's the activation energy. I'm ready to go. I'm up. Then you got five seconds to take a note or text yourself. You find a great idea, have something handy, boom, 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 boom. Wow, that's a great idea, I'm going to do that. So then tomorrow morning when you get up, you get up early enough. Well, one of the practices that was recommended as I was doing this research is get up a half hour early. Just get up. I'm ready to do it. I have people all the time tell me, I can't meditate. I don't have time. And when I do sit down to meditate, my mind is so busy. No kidding. How could I possibly meditate? Get comfortable being uncomfortable. It's new practice. New practice is always uncomfortable. Your emotions, our emotions, my emotions, they keep us stuck. We think we've got to wait till we f- it feels right. You're never going to feel like it. So just acknowledge it. Ah, get it. Ah, I'm on the right track here. This makes me uncomfortable. Good. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to push through it. I'm going to build the, 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 the spiritual stamina to push through it. And get comfortable being uncomfortable. A powerful, powerful practices. So this idea that we're going to wait till we sh- it lines up emotionally, like I said, it's never going to happen, and that's okay. But this is what 
This is what people that change their lives and change the world do. It's one thing to have the idea. It's another to have a strategy in place to move forward. And many times it requires stretching and it requires ourselves to push into it. And that's powerful spiritual practice. We can do whatever we want. We can have whatever we want. It's simple, but it's not easy. So, blessings. Thank you. So it is.